The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. In episode 17, join us in the arena as we speak with Asuka Malik, LinkedIn employee and entrepreneur. Hey, listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And today we're going to be talking with Asuka Malik as we explore her journey around side hustling and entrepreneurship. And the reason that we're doing this is um, we're really inspired by the idea that you can find purpose and fulfillment inside and outside of you know your work uh, and really creating it in your life. So you know we're looking at how different people are diversifying their professional palettes through things like ventures, entrepreneurship, while keeping their day job and getting much closer to fulfillment. So we're really hoping to create some space for all of our listeners to actually explore what this is like, be excited and be inspired to step outside of their comfort zones. Asuka, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you both for having me. Thank you, Leah and Jackie. I'm so pleased to be here. I'm a listener (laughs) and I'm inspired by you guys regularly by listening to your podcast uh, my name is Aska Malik. Uh, as both of you have introduced me, uh, I am a full-time LinkedIn employee and co-founder of Sumo Sleep, which is a weighted blanket company here in the UK. I am a Canadian living in London, uh, really getting in tune with the hustle and bustle of London life. Um, but thank you again for having me. We are so excited and so we are excited. inspired by you and we're excited for our listeners to be equally inspired by you while you share your story today. So Asuka, before we get into the interview, a tradition that we have here on In the Arena when we do interviews is we love to start with a few speed dating questions. So are you open to jumping into the arena with us today? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so first question, are you more of a morning person or a night person? Uh, definitely a night person, but would love to be a morning person. <laughs> definitely working on it. <laughs> awesome. And what TV show are you watching or hooked on right now? I just finished Big Little Lies. I Ooh, don't know nice. if either of you watched that. Ooh, I, I read started. the book. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the book. What is your favorite season? Uh, summer, definitely. I hate the layers of every other season. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been through it in Canada, so it makes sense. <laughs> I've definitely been through it in, mm-hmm. uh, in Canada and London. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And then coffee or tea? Uh, coffee, definitely. For full brain functionality, I need my coffee, <laughs> but not too much of it. <laughs> How does that work out in London when there are a ton of tea drinkers in England? <laughs> there are a lot of tea drinkers. Uh, I'm trying to limit myself to one cup a day of mm. coffee, um, but I do dabble in the odd cup of tea here and there. Great. Nice. Last speed dating question. If you won the lottery, how would you spend the money? Oh, definitely traveling with my loved ones, taking my friends and family on a very exciting, adventurous vacation. Where would your first stop be? Oh, I've always wanted to go to the Maldives. Mm, nice. And if I've won the if I've won the lottery, then luxury is going to be it. Uh, <laughs> and I've heard amazing things. Uh, that so sounds yes, wonderful. I would take them all there. Love it. 
Well, best of luck to you with winning the lottery. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, You know, first, why don't you just tell us how it all happened? Give us a little bit of an overview of your story. So it all started with my husband and I, Abir. We were thinking for quite a long time about starting an e-commerce business. We were kind of stuck on what we would do. What would we sell? All all while this was happening, we were having these conversations. I was struggling with sleep issues. I was up all night. I would be waking up throughout the night, not realizing why I was tired the next day. I had heard about weighted blankets, but quickly realized that in the UK, there was an opportunity because I couldn't find any. So I'd heard a lot about them living in North America. I had heard that these were really changing the way people slept. So that's where we kind of married those two. And we started by getting a prototype. I tried it out myself and instantly knew that this is something that was going to change my life. And it could potentially change the lives of many more people. The first night I tried it, I woke up the next morning and I had slept through the night, which was such a surreal feeling. I had never actually experienced that before. And waking up feeling fresh and realizing that it was the morning was incredibly life-changing. And that's where we really got the plan in action. It took a lot of work, a lot of learning, because it was completely new to both of us. Uh, But it was all about Sumo from that day forward, about bringing it to people that could really benefit from it. That is so incredible. I like I like have a little bit of the chills because sleep is is life changing. And I've never I I don't think about it that way. I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. We we have an assumption around sleep. And also that this started with some a challenge you were having. And then you shifted it into a potential impact that is so much bigger than, you know, that first prototype you all got. What I wanted to kind of know is like, what were you what were you hoping for and expecting, which you've kind of just told us you were hoping and expecting for better sleep for yourself. But, you know, were you thinking about anything else in that moment? And like, where are you guys now? If you were to think about point A being just getting that prototype and then, you know, point B being today. So we really didn't have many expectations. So we launched last October. We got 100 blankets to start and went in with the mindset, if we don't sell these by February, we'll give them out to friends and family. Um, you know, we'll kind of just just wrap things up. We gave it a shot. We tried. We learned new things. And at the end of October, we were completely sold out of that hundred of those hundred blankets. And that's when we we were like, okay, there is a real need in the market. And that's when we started talking to customers. We started getting feedback, getting reviews, and it was really changing people's lives. And that was something that, you know, I had experienced firsthand, but actually hearing it from customers that were using it and seeing such a significant impact in their quality of life and quality of sleep was really rewarding and fulfilling for us and really motivated us to to go that step further. So we got more supply. And again, we were sold out. So definitely having inventory issues, but that <laughs> really was a testament to the demand that was out there and how much people needed it. Hmm. Um, so it was really humbling to get customer feedback. You know, a, a woman who had or has insomnia and hasn't slept well for the last 12 years was now sleeping through the night. Oh my God. A woman who wrote to us saying, thank you for giving me my husband back because he's actually himself now that he's sleeping. Wow. 
or a daughter who whose father has Parkinson's, and she says this blanket helps him on a daily basis. And we just kept hearing more and more of that, and it was just so motivating, so fulfilling, and just made us more confident in what we were doing and assured us that this was the right path to be on. Yeah. Wow. So we didn't, we definitely did not expect any of this, <laughs> but it's exciting to see where it's gone and, and how much opportunity there is uh, and really our mission to change people's lives through sleep. I'm so glad that you ended your last statement on your mission, which is changing people's lives through sleep. Because on this podcast in the arena, we talk a lot about fulfillment and our life's purpose. And I'm curious, prior to this and maybe even today, did you have a sense of what your life purpose is and and how is your experience with Sumo playing into that? My sense of purpose is very deeply ingrained in service to those that need it. Making people's lives better in any way that I can, whether it's through daily interactions, through volunteering, whatever it may be, is really, really crucial to who I feel I am and what gives me fulfillment in my life's purpose. And that's where I felt the feedback that we were getting from our customers and the impact that we were making through something as simple as a blanket bringing that to people and hearing how it's impacting their lives is just a little bit more that I feel I can do to make the world a better place. It sounds sounds cheesy, but that is really my motto in life. It's, it's showing empathy, being as compassionate as I can to those around me, all in service of making others people, other people's lives better. And I think that through Sumo and hearing how it's really impacting people uh, is is feeding into into that. Yeah, I mean, and Asuka, like, I, I don't think it sounds cheesy at all. I was tearing up listening to just even the the like preface of the stories that you've heard from your your clients and how it's changing their lives and their experience and their relationships. So I I think it's incredible. You've just found this really cool special way to to impact people. And, you know, as you're talking about sleep, I mean, I'm personally someone who typically falls asleep right away, but I do wake up in the middle of the night and I've never researched to say like what's happening to me in these moments. So I'm curious as you and your husband and beer research this, like what have you come to understand about the importance of sleep and, you know, how has it changed your relationship to sleep? First and foremost, we are obsessed with sleep. <laughs> Me it, too. Our, our world, uh, yeah, and and I think more people should be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it, it's interesting to now take more of a critical look at sleep. Of course, all of us sleep every single night, but taking that step back and actually thinking about how much of an impact it makes in our well-being, our mental well-being, our physical well-being, if you think about it, on days that you're not sleeping well, how do you feel? How is your next day impacted? You know, you're you're lethargic. You are more uh, more likely to eat junk food. You uh, are not as productive. You're not as motivated. There's so much that's impacted just in your day to day if you haven't slept well. So just looking at that overall. Research shows that most adults and 75% in the UK and just about the same in the US are sleeping less than seven hours a night. And the consequences of that ongoing 
to our physical and mental well-being are so significant that we need to be taking it more seriously. We need to put more emphasis on the importance of a good quali- a quality of sleep, most importantly, but also the quantity of sleep. It's so easy for us to get sucked into technology before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that everybody does. But it's so critical to take that step away and really prioritize that time you have in bed. Establish a bedtime routine. You know, every day for me, I get into bed or I start preparing for bed around 9.30. And that sounds quite early to a lot of people, and especially to me, who is a night owl. You know, I I used to love staying up late and, and just kind of watching TV or being on my phone, whatever it maybe, and then attempting to go to sleep. And that's probably part of the reason I had issues in the past with sleeping. But now that I have that routine, I'm, I'm kind of setting my brain up for bedtime. And I keep my phone now in a separate room at night. I journal, I read, I dim the lights, I put on my aromatherapy. And that's, again, like triggering my brain into that bedtime. And I, I, it just has changed my life. Wow. In addition to my blanket. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. I mean, I, as you're talking through this, I'm thinking about how difficult it is for us to, most of us to detach ourselves from all the technological stimulation we have. Like we have our computers, we have our phones, we have our TVs. And I can't tell you the amount of people I know who talk about like winding down with a show. Um, I've done the same. Like I'm, I'm not a night person, but I've definitely done the same thing. And then, you know, not understood why I'm waking up throughout the night. So I think it's it's amazing to even just hear some of the things that you've shared. I'm curious if you were to just share with the listeners, you know, a little bit more specifically, what you would recommend people do to be able to ensure they get a good night's sleep. What are some of those things that you would say? I know you mentioned aromatherapy, but anything else? Yeah, absolutely. So um, taking a bath before bed, it sounds silly. I think we're, we're really busy in our day to days that we don't take time to take baths. So just like we probably would have as we were babies, it's that trigger to the brain to kind of relax. So that's one thing for sure. Um, Making sure that you're eating good food. You're not eating food that's too salty, too fatty, that that will really, too greasy. You want to make sure that that your gut is healthy. And and that plays a big part also in, in the way that you sleep the way that you're digesting at night, Uh, having chamomile tea or some type of tea to, again, elicit that that feeling of calm and relaxation. That is a really, really key part of it. And then I think more importantly, and I kind of alluded to this in my own experience, is establishing a routine and be pretty militant about it. I may be out on a on a work night with colleagues or with friends. But when it's coming to about nine o'clock, that's my sign that I'm not going to compromise on my sleep and my routine. And I'm going to probably wrap up and and start heading home so I can can take that time to wind down. So it's really about prioritizing your Mm -hmm. sleep because it's so easy in our our day-to-day and our our stressful and, and busy lives to to just jump into bed at the end of the night without Mm -hmm. thinking about it and then have difficulty sleeping. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. 
So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. I love how much this experience has taught you outside of just running a business. Like all the information that you've garnered and the practices that you've put into your life, the routine, the different things that you're doing to put yourself to sleep and then sharing those with the world. It seems like you've learned so much from this experience. And so it's really, really cool. I want to pivot and talk a little bit about the impact that this has made on your day job at LinkedIn, because you are a full-time employee at LinkedIn working nine to five. What has changed for you since you've taken this on your, your work with Sumo? So from the beginning, I felt it was actually quite easy for me to separate the two. Now, I know that may not be the reality for a lot of other entrepreneurs, but for me, I had very clear distinctions between my nine to five, my time at LinkedIn. I was very focused on my work then, but then going home after work, that's when it was all about sumo. So while I didn't feel my day job was impacted significantly, what I did find was impacted was my, my after work hours. You know, moving to a new city, I had newly moved to London. I was managing a social life, my relationship, traveling, time with family. But knowing that I kind of had to, to pick my battles to, to prioritize this new venture that we were going on was actually a bit of a struggle. So finding that balance between the two uh, was actually more challenging than managing my time at LinkedIn and the business on its own. It was more so my free time and having a bit of fear of missing out. You know, mm-hmm. my friends are getting together, they're going out uh, on the weekend, but I have this other thing to think about. And traveling, I love traveling. My husband and I are big travelers. And when we moved to Europe, we were traveling every weekend. We were going uh, to a bunch of different places. And what we realized very quickly in all of this is that we kind of had to put that on hold. So finding that balance between those things was quite challenging, but we were able to find that sweet spot in the end. Hmm. And Asuka, I know you recently shared with me in a separate conversation that your husband has taken this on full time. And I'm curious just for you to share, like, how did you get to that point? I mean, this is this is like the point every entrepreneur wants to get to, right? It's like, oh, my God, I'm quitting my job and I'm walking away and I'm running my business. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it it took quite a bit of time and obviously a lot of thought. But 
considering how much time we were putting into the business, the minimal amount of time while juggling all those things I was mentioning, the social life, the traveling, work, while juggling all of that, we were still doing quite well in the minimal, minimal amount of time we were actually putting in. So it almost seemed like a no-brainer at a certain point for my husband to to quit his job and take this on full time because we were seeing that there was so much more opportunity and so much more that we could be doing, but we were kind of in a state of being reactive. There was no opportunity for us to be proactive. We were customer service. We were picking and packing boxes all the time when we'd come home from work. We were, you know, our own accountants. We were figuring out how to create uh, social ads. We were trying to become marketeers. There mm-hmm. was just so much going on that we weren't able to to manage it solely on our, our downtime. And there was so much opportunity for a lot more. Another thing that we very quickly realized is that we can't do it on our own. Even though he's now doing it full time, we have had to collaborate with a lot of people. And it's not just a two-man show here. It's something that we are understanding of. We know that we're not experts in everything and we can't learn everything. So that's where we bring in those experts to to do certain things like social media advertising and whatever else it may be. But along those lines, we know that we can't do it on our own. And just him getting that time to focus on the business has allowed us to, in a span of, of three months, increase our sales by, by four times wow. in that short period of time. Yeah. That is incredible. And I have a a question that may be totally premature. Do you all see yourselves expanding outside of the weighted blanket space and doing a lot more with sleep beyond what you're doing today? You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) So while we're doing weighted blankets right now, sleep is our focus. I know I mentioned our mission earlier, changing people's lives through sleep. So it's not just about weighted blankets. That's one element right now, but we are looking to expand beyond that. That's so exciting. Speaking of your husband, actually, I'm curious about just working with your husband side by side, right? I think it's amazing that founder, co-founder, husband, wife, really taking on this journey together. What has this meant for your relationship? It was almost too easy to begin with. (laughs) Of course, we've butted heads. But I think we had a good understanding of where our skills were. And we were okay with delegating the tasks in that way. So he would do his things, I would do mine, and we would try and avoid stepping on each other's toes. We were each other's sounding boards for everything. Of course, we want to make sure that we are fully aligned. But it was actually great in so many ways for our relationship and and really making us stronger. We had to start from the ground up, not knowing what we were doing at all. Neither of us had any expertise in this. So it was a lot of learning uh, and learning together. So I think at the end of the day, it made us stronger, stronger as a couple. But yeah, there there are, of course, challenges along the way. Uh, And now with him uh, at home, working on this all day while I'm at LinkedIn. He's obviously taken taken a lot more than I have at this stage, but we trust each other. And I think it's just worked out 
in a great way. We have to to stop ourselves from talking about it 24-7. So we have a rule. When I get home, we get about half an hour to an hour of talking about sumo, and then we're done for the night. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, putting boundaries in place to really limit that and preserve your relationship. I think that's incredible. Totally. You know, we haven't talked at all about the word or their term sumo. Can you share what that means or how you came up with that name for the company? So I would like to say that we put a lot of thought into it, but it almost seemed like it was meant to be when we thought about heavy things. One of the (laughs) things that came up was sumo wrestlers. They're big, they're heavy. It was a nice play on words. And almost instantly when we said sumo sleep, we knew and it's, oh, it was one that. of those things. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. It had a nice ring to it, and that was it. I love it. It has an awesome ring. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds perfect to me. Cool. So I'm curious, you know, as we, we kind of want to, you know, wrap up and, and would love to get some more kind of parting words from you in a few different areas. But the first is, you know, this is a wild ride, I'm sure. uh, And it will continue to be a wild ride, particularly with what you're saying around expanding beyond just weighted blankets and just into the world of sleep. I'm seeing you building an empire at some point because it is such an important thing to date for you when you think about the three words that describe your experience with sumo sleep. What would those three words be? So firstly, challenging. There was a lot that we didn't know. You know, we didn't really think about the fact that we had to write all of the copy on the website and start getting into advertising and think about photo shoots. It was a whole new world to us. So definitely challenging. The next is fun. Having the opportunity to learn so many new things has been challenging, but a lot of fun. Uh, And lastly, fulfilling for all the reasons that I I mentioned earlier really is impacting a lot of people. And and that's really fulfilling and, and humbling for us. For our listeners, any advice or just final thoughts if any of our listeners are looking to start their own business, they're working full time, they have a challenge that they're facing, what would you tell them? So I'd say know that you can do anything and just do it. We had no experience in this. And with technology now, you can learn something with the click of a button. You can Google it. You can do a LinkedIn learning course. There is just so much more opportunity now for us to to learn new things. And we definitely didn't know where to start, but you have to start somewhere. So my words of encouragement to anyone who's thinking about it is just go for it and be okay with failure. Hmm. That was one of the things when it came to our expectations, we didn't really have any. And we were okay with the idea that this wasn't going to be forever, but it was more so to learn how we could potentially do it. And we're lucky that it's gotten to the place that it has, but we really didn't expect it. So go for it. Be okay with failure. Learn lots and know that you can do it. What I love about what you're what you're sharing that's so common with people that I've, I hear start businesses is you see a challenge, you go after that challenge 
And that challenge is something that impacts you, right, or impacts people that you know, so it matters. And so that challenge becomes part of your purpose. And I love that you said, you mentioned the failure piece around, you know, going in with low expectations and not saying, hey, I have to go build this whole crazy thing. But I'm walking in here to make a change in the way that I live my life. And if I can impact one other person, like you said at the beginning, you know, you you care about service and service to your community, service to people around you. And I do believe that that's where success comes from. So I love that you've you've shared sort of the inverted version of why people become entrepreneurs, which is just to change something in their lives and in the lives of others. So I think that's incredibly powerful. And the last thing I'll say is that you hinted towards possibility and opportunity for people. And as coaches, that's something that Leah and I care so passionately about that whatever you want in this world, you can create it and you can do it. So thank you for sharing that with us and with our listeners today. Yeah. And thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. I'm inspired as we continue to be as we have these conversations with entrepreneurs. So I appreciate you taking the time and inspiring more people than you you even know. Yeah. Thank you so much, Aska. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want any more of In the Arena, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, uh, or the podcast app by searching In the Arena, LinkedIn, and we will see you all soon. Thanks for joining us on the journey. Have a great day, everyone. 